Good morning, everybody. It's a special morning, isn't it? Uh, just knowing the presence of God. What else do we need other than the presence of God uh, to change us this morning? Yeah. So thank you for all those who... Uh, and thank you, Lord, for just coming amongst us. Now, on this uh, Father's Day, I wonder if you know what men really think. Have you ladies ever sort of wondered what men are really thinking about? Well, I'm going to tell you this morning, okay? A, 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 a survey was done of thousands of men, and here's some of their thoughts. Uh, first of all, the under-30s. I'd like to lose my gut, have a nicer and more symmetrical face, get some new teeth, have nicer hair, bigger arms. Actually, there's not much about me that I do like. Oh, dear. I just want to feel wanted or cared about. Sometimes I feel like she ignores my messages. I just want her to open up and tell me what she's actually thinking or feeling. They were the under-30s. What about the uh, 30s to 50s? I regret not fighting harder to stay in my kids' lives after I divorced. I thought it was best for everybody to just walk away and let them have a chance of a peaceful life. But it ripped my heart out. It's, only, it's my only regret in life. I'm 37, still have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. I never had a real relationship. I'm just too shy. I feel defined by lack of love, loneliness, and a feeling of being lost. And the over 50s. I'd just like the wife to watch less EastEnders and less TV in general. <laughs> Is there a word to the wives? Work gives me my entire sense of purpose. I'm terrified about what I'll do when that is gone. How will I fill the days? That's construction manager, 58 in Cornwall. And retired, 70 in Surrey. I wouldn't change anything about my life. I'm retired, although I miss work terribly. My advice, marry young, marry right, and stay true. That's a good one to end with, isn't it? Yes, just there. So is that what men are really thinking? All of these men had fathers, you know, and uh, many of them are fathers themselves. Were they fathered? Are we, have we been fathered here in this place today? You know, I thank God for my father, but I, I realized that he, he, he actually spoke little affirmation to me into my life. And, it, and we didn't do some of the things that I read about fathers and sons doing. So obviously, you know, no father is going to perfectly get it right. And then I, I look and I realize that my father's uh, father died when he was quite young. So he didn't have the fathering to pass on, you know. And so we get generation after generation. Barack Obama, former president of the USA, he had a Kenyan father who went back to Africa when Barack was two, returned briefly when he was 10, and then Barack never saw him again. And he said this when speaking at a Father's Day service in 2008. If we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that what too many fathers are is missing. Missing from too many lives and too many homes. They have abandoned their responsibilities, acting like boys instead of men. And the foundations of our families are weaker because of it. 
We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They're more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves. And the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. Was Barack Obama. Not long ago, a UK prison chaplain decided to offer the 500 male prisoners in the prison the opportunity to say thank you to their mums. Mothering Sunday was approaching. The chaplain thought it would be a good idea to give each prisoner the option of a free Mother's Day card to sign and send free of charge to their mothers. The offer was accepted by every single one of the prisoners. You know what's coming. The chaplaincy was so encouraged by the response that they started planning for Father's Day. In May, they offered the same 500 prisoners the same option, this time a free card to sign and send to their fathers saying thank you. Not one of the prisoners accepted the offer. Not one card was sent. The Spanish have a story about a father and son who became estranged. The son left home and the father later sent to find him. He searched for months with no success. Finally, in desperation, the father turned to the newspaper for help. His ad simply read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. On Saturday, 800 young men named Paco showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their estranged fathers. And apparently that's true. Folks, we have a fatherless problem, don't we? A fatherlessness about us, even those who've had fathers. John Eldridge, in his book Wild at Heart, says, All men carry a wound because our fathers have not fathered us perfectly. And of course, none of them can but we thank God and uh, yes I got my card today as well we thank God uh, for fathering that goes on but fathers are generally not able so often to answer the question that every man asks and the question that every man asks is have I got what it takes have I got what it takes in life and it's only a father that can really answer that, that question and help us uh, to know that we have got what it takes. Or sometimes we need a father figure, don't we? Uh, if our own father hasn't done that. And thank God for church congregations where there can be a father figure who does affirm and, and help young people and not so young people as well to know that they have got what it takes. And the truth is this, that we were made by God who reveals himself as father. And he made us to need a father's love, an affectionate, an affirming, and a reassuring love. And that, in turn, was intended, of course, to introduce us to our heavenly father. And uh, my father wasn't able to do that because he didn't know God. Uh, so those of you who got Christian fathers who've enabled you to know your heavenly father, you thank God for that. And uh, for those of us who haven't, God still comes to us, doesn't he, and wants to be known by us. The trouble is that for most of us, our experience of our father, our our lack of a father, has left us with a wound. 
that needs healing. And I have good news for you today. You have a Father in heaven who is longing to father you, to affirm you, to give you good things, to heal your wound. And he can do that. And he can do that today. Because God's here, isn't he? And we've been meeting with him already. And by the way, he hasn't finished yet. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be named and called and counted children of God. And so we are. 1 John 3. Jesus came to show us the Father, to bring us to him. And look what he experienced at his baptism. As he came up out of the water, the heavens opened and a voice said to him, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I wouldn't mind hearing that from a father figure, would you? You're my son. I love you. With you I am well pleased. And Jesus lived his place uh, in that security, didn't he? He lived out his life with that security of knowing the father. All the things that he did. He said things like this, I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And the story that we remember best that he told is a story of a father, isn't it? Luke 15, story of, we call it the prodigal son, but I suggest it's the story about the waiting father. Just to remind you of the story, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Of course, it goes on to speak of the elder son, but we'll leave it there for the moment. Let's just look at three things about that father just there. First of all, he loved his son 
enough to let him leave home. The father didn't want an outward conformity. He doesn't want an outward conformity here today. He actually wants to win the heart of the son here. God wants our hearts here this morning. He wants a relationship that comes from us. So he loves us enough to let us choose our own path. Have you chosen a path that's taking you away from the Father's love? He loves you enough to allow you to take that path. Secondly, the Father watched and he waited for his son. He knew that the heart relationship he longed for could not come until his son had a change of heart. The son had to become desperate, then finally come to his senses and say, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. So have you had a change of heart? Are you desperate? For the Father yet. Because God leaves us to be desperate as it were. And he waits there for us to come back to him. A few weeks ago I took a day's prayer. And I went out because I knew that I was quite low. And that all was not well within me. And I just wanted to talk to God and find out what was going on in me. Do you ever take a day to find out what's going on in you? Because we can let life, just busyness of life, uh, um, just take us up. And so I I read a bit, and I, I read that there are two basic lies that many, if not most Christians, two core lies that cause us to not know our Father fully. One is that God is not good all the time. And the second is that God, I am not fully loved by God. Two core lies. God is not good all the time. And how many times have we said it? (laughs) God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And we say it with a smile. Do you believe it? Bright. I'm glad to hear it, Susie. But you know, deep down inside, we can say, but you weren't good on that occasion, God, to me. You weren't good on that occasion, God. Do you see how subtle it becomes that we actually begin to believe that God isn't good all the time because of things that happen to us or to others? And so... I felt that I just needed to confess these things to God. And I confessed them to God. And I said, Father, I'm so sorry. I've been believing, in some sense, these two core lies in my life. And do you know, something like a sort of weight lifted up. I actually sort of went dancing around this little place there where I was. <laughs> your house. <laughs> singing. Because I just suddenly felt lighter again. And I encourage you. If you to do the same. Because God will show you if you've been just straying away. And, and it's not that you've not become a Christian. It's just that you, you're not experiencing the Father's love in the way that 
he wants us to. And so the father returns, you see. It was a love that grieved over the absence of his son. He waited and he watched. And your family father loves you. Sometimes he grieves over you. And he waits for you to come home. And finally, the father didn't condemn his son, but he forgave him and threw a party. Which is in line with some of the things that have been said this morning. The father had every right, didn't he, to be angry, to condemn. But his heart was so full of love and compassion that he just had to run to this dirty, weary, guilty son and hug him and throw a party for him. Now that's true fatherhood. And that's the love that Jesus experienced. So that when faced with death, he could say, Father, your will be done. Father, into your hand, I commit my spirit. I entrust my spirit. He trusted his father. So John Eldridge says this. Forgiveness was made available to each of us so that we might come home to the father. Forgiveness is not the goal. Coming home to the Father is the goal. Coming home to the Father is the goal. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption for, as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, that's the word for daddy, by the way. Daddy, do you call God daddy? You know, in, in, inside. Do you call him my father? Or is he somewhat distant? Because the father wants you to come home to experience real fatherhood. And it's that real fatherhood that will heal our wounds, you know. Because none of our fathers were perfect. And and thank God for, for many of our fathers. But none of them are perfect. And by the way, we fathers, we ain't doing a perfect job either. And our our children will need to forgive us. But the best thing we can do is to introduce them to the real father. So that they get, actually, they get our our imperfect fathering. But they get the perfect fathering of God. And if there's a, a wound in your life, it's only the father that can, that can heal that wound. And help you feel secure. And loved. You know, no human being can fully do that. And yet, sometimes in marriage, we look for our partner to fulfill things of being loved that they can't do. There's there's a a little need for our love inside that actually only God, the Father, can fulfill. So, I'm inviting you to come home to the Father this morning. It's quite simple, really. We say sorry. And we come home to him. So would you like to stand? Could we have the salvation prayer up, please? Let's start here, shall we? Now, this is a prayer that we say every week, but you can make that your prayer this morning. It, it's a prayer to, to, to Jesus. But don't forget, Jesus said he was the way to the Father. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Don't just come to Jesus. Allow Jesus to take you through to the Father. Because it's the Father who loves us. Well, Jesus loves us, of course. But it's that fathering 
that, that Jesus himself wants us to experience from God. So I encourage you to use this prayer now just to come to the Father this morning. Let's say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your grace to forgive me and your love to change me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me for the sin in my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. With your help, I will live my life for you. Amen. Let's just remain standing just for a moment. Let's forgive our fathers for anything that we need to forgive. Perhaps it's just gratitude in your life. Then give thanks to God for your father. If there are things that you need to forgive, then let them go. Give them back to God. And maybe there's a relationship even with a a son or a daughter that just needs to be given to God. Let's just do that in the quiet right now. Father, thank you. Thank you that you give us an earthly father. Father, we want to release them to you now. Their imperfections. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the ways in which we have grown up, but thank you that we can come to you. And Father, we ask, and I ask, Lord, that as we return afresh to you, that we may know your fatherhood in our life, your fathering. Lord, we may know that a deep sense of security and love in you this morning, Father. Lord, we give to you the, the wounds that uh, have come to us through life. We give them to you. We thank you that the cross was sufficient, Lord, the costly price of the cross. Thank you. Every wound can be healed, Lord. So pour your oil into our lives, into our hearts, Lord, in this place this morning. Pour the oil of your love. We receive your love, your Father love. And Lord, from, by the Spirit within us, we cry out, Abba, Father, to you, Lord, as you meet our needs. And we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.